My name's Mel Herbert, and he's Tom Wolfson. We're going to be talking about the cars, the batteries, the solar panel, the stock price, the man, the myth. We're going to be talking about everything Tesla. Why? Because we're... Talking. 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 Talking Tesla. So, Melvis, yes, Melvis, yes. it's time yes. to start yes. the show. Woo-hoo. We've got some sad news for the people. I would go further than saying sad. I would say horribly tragic at a level rarely seen on planet Earth. In the first world, yes. Me and Melvis did not get invited to the Model 3 unveiling. We don't understand why. We didn't pull any of our strings with all of our friends at Tesla because mostly we don't have Have any any. because some of them have heard this podcast. And uh, It's upsetting. So they did a random selection. Random. Uh, 100,000 people apparently tried to get to the Model X event. They gave out 650. That can't possibly be true. Are there 100,000 Teslas on the road? There is in the world. Mm. In the worlds. I think that's what they said, 100,000 people. Well, most of those people were stupid because they couldn't all live in Los Angeles. They're not 100,000 Teslas in Los Angeles. I don't know if you've been to a Tesla event. You have. There are people from all over the freaking world go to those things. From Australia, from Sweden, from the Svarden, from the Schwuden. They're like, oh, I think I'll spend $19,000 and 14 hours on a plane to watch uh, Elon go, uh, basically, it's an unveiling. It's a deal. (laughs) (laughs) I think we'd be there. Anyway, we're not Uh, going. You're not going. I'm not going. Robert's not going. All the people we know, not going. I want to stand out front with a big, giant cardboard sign that says, let me in. I think I'm important. I want to it's go. upsetting. But Mostly you know what? because I want to sit there. Because it's supposed to start at 8.30. I want, to get there at, I want to get there at 7.30. I want to mill about in very long lines yes. for fabulous food items. Yes. And then I want to wait and wait. wait. <laughs> and, and wait. wait. <laughs> yes, yes. For yes, Elon got- to finally come out. Give and you're f- just being a... You're just a little it's because jealous I wasn't right invited. Now. I'm sorry, Elon. You know what? I think it's going to be amazing. Bit. I'm looking forward to it. I will be watching it live on the webcast. We should get together. Thing. We should like have a nice Chardonnay and a pulled pork sandwich, and uh, yeah. do some color commentary. We should. We will. You know what? You're welcome, people. We're going to do that, and we should stream that live. Now, look, it's been a bit of a slow week, I think, in the uh, the Tesla world. So first article I want to talk about here, Tom, is that Volvo is going all in on in autonomous driving. They are. This is from a website that I can't pronounce. <laughs> I think it's called Bitness, etc. Bitness, etc. <laughs> said, uh, look, uh, Volvo wants to have fully autonomous vehicles by 2020. And 2020 used to be a long time ago. It did. It was like a... It was it was like twenty years ago. It was twenty, 20 years, years from then, and now it's four years it's from right now. around the corner, as it's it were, round the corner. So uh-huh. they say that they're so confident with their ability to do full autonomous vehicles that they if you're Nordic, in all. full autonomous mode and you go crashy crashy in your uh-huh. car, they're going to take responsibility for it. Yeah, it's on them. Interesting, right? And that is going to do some serious good things, I think, to your insurance. It's going to drop it. However, they said fully autonomous mode, the way they're talking about it in this particular article, is basically when you're driving on the streets at 30 miles an hour. But in the future, it'll be at top speed, 180 miles an hour. Right, but my guess is that a lot of those accidents are happening at the in the slower speeds around town, you know, like the small fender benders because you didn't stop before making a right turn at an intersection. 
all of those kinds of things. It's very exciting. I'm I'm very curious as to the insurance thing. They weren't the only company to announce that they were probably going to be taking on the liability for Google their has autonomous. Said the same thing. Yeah, and I think that's interesting to me. I like it. That shows the level of confidence. It does. I mean, I think it's exciting. It also shows, you know, it's curious to me. I, I would love to be the insurance underwriter for that. It must be a very interesting kind of algorithm to figure out, like, what I don't think means. of insurance underwriters as very excitable people, but they're probably all, ooh, get their pencils all sharp up. This is going to be great. Autonomous vehicles going to require a whole new set of calculations. Oh, it's great. <laughs> Here's a little oh. inside baseball. My mother was an insurance underwriter. Oh, sorry. sorry. <laughs> That's all right. No, it's sorry, okay. Tom. You don't have to apologize. Hey, uh, did you have an XC90? Is that what yours is? I did, yeah. Because that's what they're talking about. The one... 2017 mm-hmm. Volvo XC90 so is going to have this thing. So that car is also plug-in. They have a plug-in version of that car as well mm-hmm. that has like 20 or 30 miles range on its plug-in battery. It's very pricey. I think it's up in, upwards in the $80,000. It's kind of cool. It's Tesla-ish. I'm kind of excited. Expense. I was very excited when I first saw that they were doing it, and then I saw the limited range thing. But again... You know, most of the day, it depends how fast does it charge, blah, 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 blah. All those Same things that we thing. talk about well ad just, nauseum. Might as well get an X. Might as well. Although, what is the magic of Tesla you keep telling me? It's no, the supercharging. It's the network. supercharging. Although the XC90 is a much prettier car than the X. What the hell are you saying? You haven't even seen an X. You haven't even fondled That's it. That's not well. true. That is true. You have seen. Saw several. You're all wrong. Right You're next wrong. To- no, I'm not. I've, I've I'm driven gonna the XC90. I'm going to bring the X over to your house, and we're going to park it next to your XC90, and we're going to go face off. It's an 04 XC90. It's fierce. It's fierce and stanky at this point. Look, uh, the communication true. head leaves Tesla. <laughs> I know, so Ricardo. Remember, remember Adios, him? Ricardo. Ricardo was at the uh, Tesla Connect that we went to last he was, year, yeah. and he gave lots of interesting little talky talks and political correctness. <laughs> he was very talks. funny. He basically said the hardest part of that job is um, trying to stop Elon tweeting out stuff that they haven't discussed, that's not released yet, Is and he was being politically correct <laughs> as possible, but basically you could tell this is a man who is working for uh, somebody who cannot be contained. Part two of the difficult part of that job is stopping uh, Elon from shutting people's uh, X orders off because they say nasty things about him. <laughs> Exactly. So he's gone by by. They Poor don't Ricardo. say why, but I'm pretty sure it's because did it he's say where he enough. went? Away. <laughs> he went away. He went away. So we're Bye-bye. gonna miss you, Ricardo. Right. A week before launch of it's a, a little of the strange. Model Three, right? I'm sure. Like this is a very intense time. They're trying to work out the messaging. We've got to get yeah. this right. And Ricardo's like, I could just see it. <laughs> like, no, f- you, Rath. F- you. I I'm don't the, think you're so. Out. No, I think I it know, was I more. I think it was more like uh, the blackjack dealer, where he just like claps his hands and puts them up and <laughs> <I'm out>. walk <laughs> away. <laughs> I'm done here. Thank you. Takes his tip chip and walks away. Thanks, very Elon. Interesting. All right, so uh, let's move on. We don't want to talk about Let's move on. So I went to the movies the other night. What would you see, Thomas? I saw City of Gold, a documentary on Jonathan Gold, the L.A. Times food critic, Pulitzer Prize-winning food critic, who is a hero of Los Angeles food culture, in my opinion. An excellent movie. But prior to that- Prior, beforehand. Before- That's what that means. Yeah. Right. No, that's good. They showed, uh, <laughs> instead of a preview, because I was in like a an independent movie theater. Oh, that's what they call those things. They, they, it, <laughs> what? Nothing? Yeah. 
It was an independent. <laughs> it was an. In, I don't know what that means. <laughs> I, you've you've taken the words out of my mouth now. There was a, a video about a two minute commercial about Toyota and its Camry hybrid batteries that are in their second life. They built an array in Yo in Yellowstone. You almost said Yosellostone. Yosellostone, <laughs> yes. No, so they took these old Camry batteries. Yes. Because there was this uh, part of Yellowstone that was way out off the grid, it's, and they were running off diesel, very dirty diesel oh, engines. And that's it was not good in a national Running these park. five buildings. So they took these old Camry batteries, which apparently the batteries have a lot of life left in them mm -hmm. after they're done driving cars around, just not enough life to drive cars around, around. anymore, right? right? Got so it. they put them in this thing. They made some new technology. They threw up a giant solar array, and then they flipped the switch in this video, and you can watch it. We'll post the video to the show notes. You can, they flipped the switch, and the generators turned off, and Yellowstone was quiet. Like, it was really noisy, and now, silence. Powerful. So pretty cool. The project started as a result of the ongoing relationship that Toyota's had with Yellowstone and the National Park Service. And so through that relationship, we became aware of uh, the needs at the Lamar Buffalo Ranch with regards to their power situation. The Lamar Buffalo Ranch has a long history, and where we are today, it is uh, currently a ranger station and also an environmental education center. There is no commercial power that serves this area. They'll be able to use the solar panels to generate energy to power and store in the Toyota batteries. The system uses 208 used Camry hybrid batteries that have been recovered through our dealerships. The beauty of this system is that we're repurposing Camry hybrid batteries and we're harnessing the sun's energy to bring the power to those repurposed batteries. And those batteries will act as a stationary energy source. When you want power, you flip the switch just as you would any other way. So that partnership that we've had with Toyota for, oh gosh, almost 15 years now, this is kind of another phase of that partnership. It brought a lot of different people together, both with regard to design expertise, operational expertise, as well as helping and volunteering their time to put the system together. It gives us great satisfaction to be able to help the Yellowstone National Park become energy independent and operate on renewable energy and to become sustainable as a source that has no grid. If you look at the entire system as it charges and discharges, the power that's being used would power about six average United States households. We now have seven million hybrid vehicles on the road today, and we can recycle those Camry batteries or any of our hybrid batteries, but this is another mechanism that allows us to gain secondary benefit. And what a better place to do that than learn from that right here at the Lamar Buffalo Ranch. This is a sustainability learning center. We have students coming from everywhere to be able to learn about sustainability. What a better way to teach them about energy and energy conservation than a system like this. So they used 208 old Camry uh, yeah. batteries. Stuck them together, they made an 85-kilowatt battery pack with that yeah. solar system you're talking about, plus there's a micro-hydro system that's going to come online, yeah. fully powering these five buildings in Yellowstone. That's cool. It's just a feel-good story it's a feel-good story, but it was for Toyota also a proof of concept, mm -hmm. right? So they're trying to figure out what, instead of putting all of these batteries into landfills right away, they think they can get double life out of them, that's, right? That's so good. they could get as long as they've been in a car, they can make them into power plants and, and have multiple uses. And my guess is... 
they could send those to put these little power systems in small rural farms Excellent. or small rural villages yes. all over the world and stuff like that. So I think it's it's proof of concept, and I, it's very interesting to me. It's a great little video. You should check it out. It's on the tubes that is you. Okay, cars to go is now going to become gas powered. This is sad to me. So there is this car sharing network that's quite big in San Diego. So you remember Tom a few weeks ago, yeah. San Diego, we reported that they are going to go 100% renewable energy for the city of San Diego. It's very exciting. They're going to try and ramp this up in the next few years. Yeah. And just as they're saying this and doing all of this and getting everybody excited, cars to go, which has about 400 of these little smart cars that's that you lot. can rent yeah. that were electric. Mm-hmm. They said, we're out of there. We're not doing electric. You know why? No place to charge them. That's the problem. So people, like, they've only got, like, 60 miles of range. Yeah. And uh, that's on the edge of a lot of people's, what they're doing around San Diego. And this yeah. be fine if I, you know, got to Kmart and I could plug it in, but there's no charging infrastructure or not a very good charging infrastructure. So that made everybody go, oh, that's depressing. But San Diego has said... Hang on, this has been a bit of a kick in the bum for us. Uh, <laughs> I didn't say that. San Diego doesn't say bum. Also, San Diego is not a thing that talks. If San Diego is a thing. What does San Diego mean? I'm not going to. Here, you don't want to know what it. Uh, watch the Anchorman, and it'll tell you or what, check what it, it means. Discovered by the Germans in 1904, they named it San Diego, which, of course, in German means a whale's for. So they are going to put uh, money into the charging system, and they're going to add 3,500 charging stations to the county in the next three years. That's which a, is a lot. Substantial increase. Are any of those going to charge Teslas? They all going to be? Did they say what you can charging? Get the extra pluggy were, thing. I know. I have. There are J eleven sixty four seventy five. That's not what it is. But so the point cool. is, you need more charging right. capacity everywhere, or more everywhere, or more distance because there's Case sixty in- miles. Not so good. No. Well, you need, again, charging and speed of recharging. You need all of those things. And I don't know. I mean, it seems to me, and I'll be honest, if the car share go-to fleet, those are typically like centrally located places, right? Did they have their own charging infrastructure? I mean, it was their own damn company. Why don't they build their own chargers? Uh, That is a good point. Usually what you do with these things, they're scattered all over the place and you can walk up and if you're a member, if you've got a credit right. card you just hop in and you drive off but they're saying people they were saying there's just like you go park somewhere and there's just no good infrastructure right. this is like australia having a system like that in australia right now is useless because there's just no infrastructure useless. but here's a good point is an up note that was a down note down that's a downside to the charging infrastructure situation they're gonna fix it yeah. But on that point the new york times new york mm-hmm. post said this tesla plans to add manhattan charging stations Increase the number of Manhattan charging stations. They're going to have 105 yeah. by March 31st. It's a lot. Just in Manhattan? Just in Manhattan. You'll be able to do a full charge in four hours. They're going to be free. They're going to have three times as many EV charger stations as gas stations in yeah. Manhattan. Well, I mean, that's, that's sort of... unbelievable. A, is it? Let's think about it. There's how not many much, gas stations in Manhattan? How much space does a charger take up, Mel? About a couple of square feet? Well, let's call it one parking place. Okay, let's call it that. And how much space does a 
gas station well, take I'd, up? Well, actually, that's a good point. Were they talking about the Banks. number of nozzles or the number of stations? The point here, don't dampen my enthusiasm. I'm not trying to dampen. What I'm telling you is that it makes sense don't for a city like New York. Confuse me with your facts It makes sense for a city like New York and a place like Manhattan in a city like New York to have more electric charging because it just takes up less space. And those people are all about taking up less space. They got little tiny beds and little tiny bookcases and little tiny little kitchens. Tiny, little tiny people. Little tiny. No, the people are normal people size. Got- no, no, I don't, I don't think that's true. But again, to the rest of the electric auto industry. Yes. What the f- Get with the program. Tesla is eating your lunch. The, the Tesla charging that they're talking about, it's not compatible the other way. No, it's not. Right. And I want to keep it that way, frankly. Right. I, I bet mean, you do. Say not it, like you're a- going to be driving around Manhattan anytime soon in it's your true, Tesla. It's true. So but- here's how they're doing it. It's a really interesting. There's lots of uh, car garages in Manhattan. Lots so they're like- where should we put these charges? Let's put them in the garages. Oh, so they're where shoving the cars them in are. garages. And they said in this article, it used to be you'd drive your Tesla into one of these garages and say, yeah. hey, buddy, could you plug it in for me? And they'd be like, uh, what are you talking about? Now they're so ubiquitous. They're everywhere. These 80 amp charges, it gets you 60 miles an hour. Yeah. It's becoming like, really, it's like, sure, buddy, I'll plug it in for you. When it's full, I'll put another car in. Right. This is the way you fix the problem. You have people and one day robots that just once it's full, you pull it yeah. out. Remember, we always talked about it. You go in there, if you just plug in all day you don't even need robots to do it you just need the cars eventually will do it themselves that that would be called a robot a car that can do it itself is a robot with wheels all right i'm saying good on you manhattan good on you technically you're right yeah again tesla tesla is putting the infrastructure in place to deal with its model threes that are coming there's going to be a lot of them in manhattan my guess is and this is just a guess. Go. There's going to be a lot of Tesla Model 3 taxis in Manhattan very soon. This may be sort of part of that, right? So you could fill your taxi garage with chargers. Thank you. F- buy a whole fleet of Model 3s yes. and you're done. You're not buying gas. Your maintenance costs are down. You get to fire your uh, mechanic guy. <gasps> Sorry, mechanic guy. Wow. That's upsetting. You're done. And then... It's when disruptive. you get an autonomous Model 3, you can fire the taxi driver themselves. Exactly. You just Well, they're going to be autonomous from the get-go. It's going to be no jobs. It's going to be upsetting. <laughs> Me and you, it'll, we'll be sitting on our lounges drinking like 94-ounce sodas, just huge, floating around <laughs> on robots. What was that movie, that cartoon where that the future- That was Wally. Yeah, everybody's fat and gets flitted. Yeah, that was that's the, us. The, that was a classic Disney. There was like there, It was like this anti-consumerism movie- that had hundreds of thousands of consumer products, products attached to it. Great. Good job, Disney. Thank you. We All love right. you. So forget about batteries. No. Forget about charging. Uh, what? Forget about it. What are batteries? Forget. Can you He's explain to me what a battery is? I don't know. I don't understand. Here is a uh, news item from RT.com, and it says that Japan has made another technological leap. But did they? Ah, I like the way you're thinking. <laughs> so this uh, Toshaki University of Technology and the... Toyo- Toyohashi. And then... Uh, Not Toshashi. Well, what's this one? Taisi group? Taisei. I don't know how to speak Japanese. Taisei. I don't know how to speak English, let alone Japanese. Yeah, that's true. 
has unveiled the first electrical car in the world that runs without a battery at all, receiving its charge from the road. So this electrified road idea, which is getting more and more energy and emphasis, and uh, people are excited about this concept. So the road charges the charges the car, so you don't have to worry about the size of your battery. You don't have to worry about charge speed. It's kind of the holy grail. You just drive, and the road gives you the energy, and it's great except for one problem, Tom. What was the, what was the problem, Mel? Well, they wrote this like this is here, and uh, the car uh-huh. went 30 meters at 10 kilometers an I hour. Don't, wait, hold on. I'm from America. Is that far? Because uh, we don't do metric here? Uh, it's not a lot. So a lot 30 way. meters, 10 kilometers. Of, so it was like a three-second drive. Is that what this was? Uh, yeah, it wasn't so much. So I do get excited about these new things, and it's all it's very cool. fun. But this is just a proof of concept. And I'm kind of, after a while, you kind of get sick of, oh, there's this great new battery coming out, oh, this great new thing. I'm like, all right, just tell me when it gets it, because I'm right. getting sick of hearing about all the great things that are going to happen. I have to talk about the stuff that's here now. Right. I mean, but we, we talk about this stuff in the sense of we talked about that mat that you put outside of your Tesla in Manhattan, which apparently now you don't need because there's chargers everywhere where people just walking mm-hmm. down the sidewalk charge your Tesla for you. So it's kind of just things like that, different ways. In in a thousand years, we'll use all of these ways is in my guess. a thousand guess. years? Well, I mean, eventually, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm a getting to. A thousand years? A thousand years. It's, you think it's a long time away. You won't be here. But a thousand years, Tom. 100 years? You're supposed to always say 5 to 10. That is the rule. In 5 to we're not 10 gonna years. Have, well, this isn't going to be – we're not going to have electrified roads in 5 to 10 yeah, years. Yeah, but that's enough for in the future so that nobody will ever check you. You always say 5 to 10. Nobody says 1,000. Nobody's thousand. checking 1,000 either. That's for sure. I'm like – That's like saying never. So when somebody like years digs, up the, digs up their old iPod and it's got an episode of Talking Tesla on it and is like that guy was thousand years from now prescient. this guy he nailed it like just last year those went online oh that's prescient stupid. okay power wall power wall it's it's ending almost before it begins the power wall what what just happened so I just got a thing in the email a couple of weeks ago I made a video shoved it up on our website uh-huh. which was the Tesla asked me questions about my power wall and uh-huh. how I might use it and all was that one stuff. of the questions uh, you didn't want the 10 kilowatt power wall by any chance did you? they did not leave with that um, so elec- uh, I can never pronounce any of these electric, no you can't electric 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 dot co you want me to do that for you buddy electric dot co Notice that uh, Tesla had removed references to a high-capacity 10-kilowatt power wall. Oopsie, maybe that was the fight with Ricardo and Elon. They were like, you should announce it on a Twitter. And Elon was like, no, let's just take it off the website. No one will notice. So Green Tech Media received official statement from Tesla, a Tesla representative, confirming that indeed the larger capacity battery had been discontinued. How can you discontinue it? I haven't even seen it. It hasn't even started. Yeah, can you discontinue something that's never been actually continued? So they say they're going to focus on the 7-kilowatt daily use version rather than the 10-kilowatt storage for backup version. And I'm pretty sure Tom wants to now rant about whether you should be buying a 7-kilowatt daily use version. Go. Well, of course you shouldn't, first off. (laughs) So don't. You don't. That's it? That's the rant. Why? Because it doesn't have the output energy. If you would only like to run, say, your refrigerator and possibly charge one or two of your iPhones, then sure, get a seven kilowatt daily use one. Get a dozen of them if you have a dozen refrigerators. (laughs) I don't know what to tell you. This thing, 
it seems now it's even sillier. The backup, you can almost make a case for for holding 10 kilowatts of, of solar power in case the grid went down or when the grid goes down, <laughs> right, to, to charge your refrigerator, right? It's all about, again, it's all about the output capacity of these things. So they're, it feels like they're becoming less and less useful before people have used them. So let's do the numbers. The idea of this daily use one is that you charge this battery up in the middle of the night when electricity is cheap, cheap say, in your, if you're in a system like that, and then you use it during the day when electricity is expensive. So here's – I'm going to do some when math in real time. expensive or let's when say, electricity is expensive? Expensive. Uh, let me do this in real time. Let's Please. say that at the peak time – you're, I'm going to do something outrageous. Make 17, okay, let's, let's, let's make it 25 cents a per kilowatt, kilowatt hour and in peak. the day. And in the night, it's 5 cents per kilowatt wow, hour. Wow, that's cheap. I'd so like that's to live there. 20 cents per kilowatt hour difference. And so you've got a 7 kilowatt system. 7 mm-hmm. times 20 equals $1.40 a, a day. All right? How and much this thing costs $3,000. So 3000 Plus installation. Divided by 140 It's going to take you 6 to seven years to pay that back. If. And that's under those very perfect circumstances. If if you use it and drain it fully every, every single, single one day. of those cycles. And there's a 20 cent difference between peak and off peak. Six, six years? Six to seven years. And so, and what if you buy four of them? Well, if you're using a lot of power, I guess it would be but, the but same number. But doesn't the average American use? Ten a day. It's just 10? Just 10. 10 to 30. So I guess it's not as bad as I thought. I was thinking that it was going to come up as 35 years. but um, Six years is a very long time, and, and that's I'm, using it. That's like your home every day. Every day. And I don't know how long this is going to – is this really going to be able to be fully used and drained every day and still have a significant amount of capacity at seven years? For six years. I'm not sure that I mean, it's not a huge battery, so maybe there won't be as much degradation, but there will be some, Yeah, right? I'm just not – to me, it's not about saving money. To me, it's about saving the planet. So I don't right, really want to buy net zero. somebody else's electricity and just to recycle it to save some bucks. I just want to make my own but you're and al- store it. Right, but you're already returning. So, But you're already doing better than that, right? Because you're returning – you're allowing other people to use your current solar energy. You're welcome, That people. would not. Correct? Yeah. And in I'm this helping case, cleaning up the grid and in this case, of- this it actually makes even less sense for you on a lot of levels because I'll be buying dirty coal energy in the middle of the night. Yeah, instead of using my own. Yeah, yeah. So it's not for me. I don't know if it's for you. I want backup, really. Honestly, I right. want backup. But they and, got rid of that. Well, they got rid of the ten, but they're still going to be going with their big mummers. But am I going to go buy a hundred thousand dollar eighty five kilowatt giant battery? Let's see. Is Mel going to buy a hundred thousand dollar thing he doesn't really need to save the world? I bought one. I with give wheels. you like a fifty fifty chance. <laughs> I bought one with I, wheels. <laughs> I give it a fifty fifty chance. Well, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we've got Robert Rosenblum on the phone, and uh, we talked about a number of things, and he's going to become sort of a regular on the program. And he specifically was actually talking about this idea that there is a way to get these big giant batteries on your house. Way cheaper than you would have suspected because a lot of people want to get off the grid. A lot of people are getting angry at the power company because of the way they are treating their customers. But we haven't been able to get off because although solar prices have come down, solar panel prices have come down an enormous amount, battery prices haven't. But something magical is about to happen. Ladies and gentlemen, here is Dr. Rosenblum. 
there's two separate stories that kind of links up to this. One is what's Tesla going to do with all of the 85 and 60 and 90 kilowatt batteries that are going to be coming out of their cars in the next three to 10 years? You know, you, you need to put those batteries somewhere. They might not be able to cycle as rapidly as they would if you're driving up and down the 405 or whatever, you know, hills and highways and supercharging. So they're going to lose their ability to respond as quickly. And this is a perfect solution, you know, a slow power up during the day and a slow drain down at night. And those batteries probably can have another, I don't know, five years, 10 years, 15 years worth of life in them. And so this is a perfect outlet for them. Robert had much more to say, but unfortunately we had a FaceTime call and we didn't have the good mic, so I won't go further. But uh, the concept we've already talked about, we talked about with Toyota and what's happening at Yellowstone. And as Robert said, you've got all these S's, these batteries are going to come online. You could take them out and suck the lithium out and redo them. Or you could say, you know, give me one for a half or a third the price. I'll slap it on the side of my house. I would do that in an instant. I'm just saying. All right, let's do uh, the Gigafactory updates. Gigafactory. Because- that should be like a, we should, every time we say Gigafactory, I should go Gigafactory. You just did. Maybe I shouldn't. Yeah, it's not that funny. Okay, okay Teslarati. Uh, Love lo- those guys. Yeah, they're the best. Local media outlets in Reno, Nevada have uh, been able to go peek inside the new uh, Gigafactory. Like through the window like this? Like they wipe away the dirt on the outside? and I think they actually walked in. Okay, that's cool. So the Reno Gazette Journal said uh, we went in there, we took a look around, and Uh um, they said that about 14% of the total expected uh, factory space is constructed already. And I thought that nothing was going to happen in there until they were done. But apparently they've already started. I think this is very interesting. So they're like, they haven't even finished building the, like the left side of the factory, but they're already making shit in the right side of the factory. They've got pictures of these panel walls being built. Maybe that's opposite. I don't know. It's hard to know because I've never been there. So maybe they're doing the right side, left side. It's, it's confusing. It's very confusing, but batteries are being made in this thing. And, uh, your battery is being made in that thing. Not my 10-kilowatt battery isn't being no, made in that No, not thing. that So one. they had pictures of power walls and stuff, and I don't know if it was just my, yeah. how much they're really doing or if this was just like show and tell. And right. Well, they had power walls in, in Fremont when we were up there as well. Well, there they you go. They had some up there. So the Gigafactory is gigging along. It's not uh, <laughs> expected to be open fully into 2020, which used to be a 20 years ago, <laughs> like, a long time ago. Now, yeah. Now it's, it's right around so the corner. And, and at that point, we'll have autonomous Volvos, and we'll have... Uh, I think Manhattan will be completely autonomous in, in four years as well, I think is what we just reported on. So I that's going to be pretty exciting. 2020. Everything happens in 2020. Skylet, Skynet goes live. Ooh. Everything is autonomous. And then we have to fight against Arnold Schwarzenegger. Do you Although re- by then he'll be really old and I could probably take him. <laughs> no, probably not. He's still kept my Probably not. <laughs> I wonder I, – I wonder – in twenty, in four years, four years, what percentage of autonomous driving do you think we'll be looking at? So, if Tesla's, let's say Tesla's eighty percent autonomous at that point, okay. and Google finally gets a car out, yeah. and Volvo seems like they're maybe moving at least most of their, some of their fleet in the autonomous driving. Apple, there's a lot of Apple's not putting a car out by twenty twenty. What? They're just not doing it. What? They're not. 2020. I think you can pretty much take an iPhone and just make it bigger and drive it around. So there's like a car app on your iPhone and you it, push it and it, it like, turns into a car. It turns into a car. Yeah, that would be a big seller, actually. I would buy that. 
Yeah. It'd be like a 6S Plus. Be cool. Just sitting on top. So of you it. think Apple is not actually going to make a car? They just want to make the technologies and then do a Google thing and license not in the, the technologies next, no, to what other I said people? Was not in or 2020. they just going to go and buy Tesla, not which is what I think is going to happen. Not in 2020. Here's, let me just tell you what's going to happen, all right? Please tell me what's going to happen. Talking Tesla Nation, here's what happened. Apple's going to work on the technology. They're going to get really good. And then one day soon, after Elon launches the Model 3 and he's bored and he wants to go off and do SpaceX and fly to Mars, he's going to go to Apple. He's like, all right, take it from here, guys. You've got the engineers. It's all good. And then Apple buys Tesla. And then Tesla and Apple have the Tesla Apple car. And it's fully autonomous. And it takes over the planet. And it goes online when? 2020. Thank you. Next question. Jane, you ignorant slut. Okay, so... Apple, you're, you're, you predict you're, the future. Now, I just did. It takes a lot of work. You're now Go. saying that Apple is going to be the leader in autonomous vehicles by 2020, even though, well, let's just let's just take. They haven't started. They have started. They got 1,500 engineers and a big. They're factory. not driving cars around in the real world, oh, right? That's so. Google's driving cars around in the world, real world. Volvo's driving cars around the real real world. Tesla here. Tesla has. Hundreds of thousands, if or actually millions of miles of beta testing Do not happening me right now. With the facts, Tom. <laughs> Here's the analogy: uh, there were smartphones well before the uh, iPhone. Apple just waited, waited, developed, waited, and then boom, took over the market. Thank you. That's right, what but they were out. They were out using them in the wild. They were losing them oh, in dude, bars. And you've probably like driven that. past 17 Apple cars. You didn't even know. That's how stealthy they are. Really? No. Really? No. You think that like if there were some know. Apple sort of car, like maybe they're disguising them as Google cars? I'm pretty sure that the Apple car is coming to the Thousand Oaks Mall. <laughs> We've talked about it, Tom. Yeah, well, I'm pretty sure it's not. All right, SpaceX news. We've got to get this moving because there's actually an Apple event in 20 minutes I want to watch. What? Yeah, so SpaceX news. So SpaceX is going to resume supplying to the International Space Station in early April after a nine-month hiatus following what? A little bomby boom boom go Falcon 9 explosion in it, June of 2015. It was a, a, a trust failure? Uh, yeah, it certainly failed. So <laughs> it's going to start taking up supplies back up to the International Space Station, which is all very exciting. Like, and they- like all the new flavors of Oreos, the, yes. the cinnamon bun, yes. the filled cupcake. Yeah, I think there's more important the, stuff. But the maybe- thin mint... Uh, no, not just the, the Oreo flavors. I mean, no. those guys have been up there for have a while. long time. And Girl Scout cookies are quite big right now. Are they going to get some of those? Yeah. I don't think some so. Some Thin Mints, some Tagalogs. They're also going to put up this uh, Bigelow Expandable Activity Module, which sounds like it's basically <laughs> a balloon that you can attach like- to the International Space Station, blow up, and you can go play in there. It sounds like something I want to get from my kid's party, like a bouncy house. Yeah, so, yeah I think that's what it is. So they're going to send up one of these big bouncy houses. Uh-huh. And then... Um, Inflatable space habitat. And this guy, Robert Bigelow, who's making this Expandable Activity Module, says that... Uh, I think this is from Robert, that maybe a hotel change and budget suites are going to be occurring. I'm going to let Robert talk about it because it sounds ridiculous to me. Yeah, I think it's actually uh, Budget Suites of America is Robert Bigelow's corporation, which I guess he made the call. He, he realized many years ago that the Southwest was going to really grow and that the Southwest, we're talking about like the 60s, 70s, the Southwest didn't have a whole lot of hotel options and it certainly was a mismatch. And so he expanded this budget suites of America. And now he's worth like billions, but he's so wealthy that he thought back in like a while ago, nineties, maybe that the, that NASA had this project 
for sending um, people to Mars and they would use up these sort of modules. They kind of remind me of, you can buy these like washcloths that look like a tiny hockey puck and then you stick it in some water and the thing just expands up to a full wash and it goes from like pill size to a washcloth. And he basically is using that similar technology to use these puff up space habitats. So they pack way, way, way down. They can fit in a like a 12 foot or 18 foot wide space, like a pill. You take it up to space, you squirt a little oxygen into it. And of course there's negative pressure up there or no pressure and poof, the thing's pops way open. And if you have all of the parts inside kind of secured in, so when it pops open, they're all where they should be, you could have a habitat. And so they're going to launch one on a Falcon 9. And that's just sort of a test module. They've already got two of them up there. But these two things have been up there for a while. The first one they launched, like in 08, and it went up there. It was just a proof of concept. Uh, they put it on like, I think a Russian spaceship. You can, you know, you can buy space on these launches. They put it up there and the thing puffed open. It had a bunch of like go cams on it and, uh, and it's still up there. It's still working. It's just a, like a big balloon with a big thick wall. 550 cubic feet of living space to the astronauts. So it's like a, a very large Manhattan apartment. I wonder if there'll be a Tesla charger attached to it. And it almost as expensive, but the most important thing that they'll be bringing back on the, uh, on the Falcon nine aliens is no, not aliens. I like the way they say this. Um, they're going to be bringing back um, some biological samples from Scott Kelly, who was in space for over a year. They're going to be bringing back some biological samples. I asked my son, 15 years son. old, what do you think they mean? He goes, oh, they're bringing back his poo. Yeah. And it turns out that's exactly what they're bringing back. Right. Samples, they try and hide it in there, but basically some samples of blood and You saliva. know why? And because they've been collecting from Mr. Scott Kelly's twin brother those same samples the entire time he's been up there. What? He has a twin brother. They've been doing tests about like exposure to space and they've been taking- Are you serious? Yes. That's amazing. <laughs> That's what they're doing. So they're going to do a whiff test on their poopy? Well, like, they've been collecting smell. his blood and space his urine makes- and they're trying to see like what are those changes over time and space. Wow. Can't believe you didn't know that. They're going to do a, a whiff brother. test on the poopy. No. Scott Kelly, your poo stinks. They're going your to brother. send it to Hollywood and Matt Damon is going to try to grow tomatoes yes. in Scott Kelly's Thank poo you. and his twin brother's poo. And then it'll be like, they're going to open, call. it's called Twin Brothers Tomatoes Cat. Cafe, and it's going to be like tomato sandwiches, all made in poo. That's fantastic. Astronaut poo, sorry. Astronaut poo. It's time for letters, Tom. Let's end this thing. Oh, there's a letter. <sighs> I don't understand this letter. And it's from Fredriksen, and it's about the massive electric dingo where we talked about, or you talked about how much energy it takes to create uh, gasoline. Gas, gasoline. And petrol. we said it takes six kilowatt hours to do this. Yeah. Um, but I don't understand what he's saying, that it only takes about 0.2 kilowatt hours of this electricity. The rest is mostly coal and yesterday's leftovers from the process. So I think what he's saying is that it's incredibly inefficient. So you use six kilowatts, but the amount of uh, petroleum you actually get is way less than that. A lot of this electricity is used basically just to burn up other crap that you never use. Right. So it's, so like, it's even worse than I believe it. it's like the refining process, right? So you get Very the crude oil and you have to like refine... It's like the distillation process in making alcohol on some levels, right? Just in a massive, dirty, dirty scale that doesn't produce steam. So Fredrickson is suggesting that um, 
the CO2 emissions from burning a gallon of gas in your car, the way it's always reported, uh-huh. totally underrepresents how much actually CO2 emissions there is because they've oh. got all this waste products that they're burning and this electricity. I'm just saying, he's saying... It's terrible. It's dirty. It's terrible. It's like the inside of your... <laughs> and we haven't even finished this show and there's already a correction. What? You said that the Model 3 had 100,000 applicants. Robert... Our newest correspondent said it was 18,000 applicants. That's a lot lot less. It makes more sense now. The whole other part was stupid. I'm going to cut it out. (laughs) Wait, if you edit it, then me berating you gets edited. Oh, that's true. (laughs) All right, so So I was was, wrong. It was was 18,000. Your chances of being picked were 3.6%. With that 6. makes a bit more sense, doesn't uh, it? That was like every Tesla owner yeah. in the world was and some trying on Mars. To get the <laughs> <laughs> All right, 18,000 applicants, 650 yeah. got them. Different number. 3.6%. Not Mel, uh-huh. not Tom, not Robert, no. not us. No, not us, but I still, I'm still of the mind of the mind to go down there and I'm try not. to get in. You should do that. I'm not doing it. I'm going to sit here with a shardy and I'm just going to wait. Well, in if the I don't do time. it, if I go... You have to go because no, we don't. have to be together. No, we don't. We do. We have We're to be. We're not conjoined twins. We, we to, do not. We have to hold hands. No. And we'll have a little picnic out front. I tell you what, I'm going to make some fries, some pulled pork sandwiches, All right. really expensive wine and vodka here. Right here. It's going to be on the table. We'll stream live nice. from the studio. Okay. So tell people to tune into our what channel? Well, I'll have to get back to them. I've got a week to <laughs> set it up. Hey, right. Tom, look, this is it. That's all we've had time for. What? I thought it was a slow week. You didn't think it was a slow week. But I, thought I thought it was, it was good. I mean, we got some good stuff in, all kinds of new electrical, fancy technology. Let's also, I'd like to say one last thing in closing. The show's called Talking Tesla. Yeah. But you people who listen, you know that's not all we talk about. No. We talk about a lot of things yes. in regards to clean transportation. Yes. Tell your friends that it's it's a it's a great name for a show, so we don't want to change it. Right. But we want more people to listen to the mm, 10% of actual knowledge that we're dropping on people and 90% of entertaining way to deliver said message. And if you could go on iTunes and leave us a, a rating what? and uh, a comment. Now, yeah. every podcast does this and there's yeah. a reason because that helps you go up the ranking. Right. And that's really important to you. So please do it for us. Yeah. If you love Tom and who doesn't. Yeah. Go on to iTunes, leave a comment. Yeah. And a rating. You could even leave a bad one like that guy did. Yeah, we're cool with that. We we're don't okay care. With it. Whatever it us, takes. Call us numb nuts and yeah, mm, you know. I mean, at least we know you're listening. Yeah. All and right, we, and we agree with you. All right, talking Tesla Nation. Have a great week. We'll talk at you soon. Bye bye. Why? Because we're talking, 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 now, it's time for Stupid Mel and Tom Outtakes. It's internet gold, as long as your internet is very boring already. Ain't no sunshine when, when she's gone. gone. Yeah, we're going to do a music podcast, <laughs> baby. <laughs> <laughs> we should stop right now. Bill Withers. Ain't no sunshine when she's gone. Who's that? Bill Withers. Is that the guy that sang it? Yes, sir. One of the guys. I mean, that's a very, very well-covered song but i believe if i'm not mistaken and i might not probably yeah uh, no 
I just recently purchased a Bill Withers t-shirt. He was just recently nominated or uh, inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. It was written in 1971 by one Bill Withers. So, there you have it. Ain't no sunshine when she's gone. It's a very short song, too, but very, very powerful. Oh, it's very powerful. I like this podcast. <laughs>